0: what's up everyone welcome back to the combat chain episode 46 i'm your host adam philipchuk joined as always by sean hill and we have another great show lined up for you this week for starters, in the process of still adjusting to the uh, what I'm now calling post Pat apocalypse, uh, I've organized myself and written way better show notes this week. So I'm hoping this is going to be a much more organized, fluid, uh, uh, fluid production. Uh, if anybody did listen to the Flake episode last week, we uh, we really not, not. I I think we had a great conversation. Uh, Flake is a wonderful dude, and I love picking his brain. But I, I uh, we I definitely took advantage of the fact that we were three. Buddies who kind of knew each other and we could just be conversational. I digress. We are going to lean into a strong start this week. And uh, in order to do so, we are joined today by a very special guest who, in my opinion, is highly is a highly underrated contender in the Fab Pro Circuit. Uh, he is a member slash... Uh, yeah, we can say co-founder of Team Ascent, uh, based out of Colorado, which means uh, they have the uh, high altitude training advantage uh, when they come to the lower land. Uh, welcome to the show, Easton Douglas. How's it going?
1: Uh, it's going really well. Thank you so much for having me on. I'm really excited.
0: Yeah, no, it's uh, like, like I said, you've been um, you've been tearing it up lately. Yeah, uh, what we're going to get into some of the things like the um, uh, the, the two that stand out in my mind are, uh, of course, your day one tear at uh, uh, at Lille and, and then uh, your you top-rated U.S. Nats this year. That's, that's huge. That That is a big-ass tournament. But before we dive into that, uh, I also want to... Sean, how are you doing, man?
2: Yeah, so Easton and I, I'm actually really happy to have Easton on. Uh, we were shooting the proverbial shit before. and uh, And, you know, FAB has become so big that you kind of never really you don't really get a chance to talk to everybody uh and, and then sometimes you miss opportunities to talk to players that we have like I, I think there's like a natural you know flow that we had just shooting the the, the shooting the scoop uh, earlier and uh i i think that it's cool to celebrate also players uh like easton who are putting in the reps man putting in the reps putting in the work and and showing and you know obviously going 7-0 at lil um that's a tournament that i played in it was a brutal 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 field um and you know doing it nonetheless with lexi which like really do like with lexi that's Are you
1: throws some shade i mean uh no, she was, no, she was no. like she was she was like the dark horse of that of that format no no, no 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 no
2: shade no shade thrown i think it was a genius call uh i mean like i'm i'm a simp i'm a i'm a prism player so i walked into that and i got like well we can talk about that later but, but yeah, like, well, it well. was not it wasn't good for me. It wasn't a good choice. Like I, I probably would have done better had I been like on, on one of the decks like Lexi, but um, there's still like that whole thing of like when you do really well in, in a, in a big tournament playing a character that is less played. Right. Yeah, um, sure. You know, like walking into that tournament, everybody was just like, Oh, it's going to be Oldham, Briar Fi. Like that was an, a little bit of Icelander. Like she hadn't been figured out yet. Um, So it was really, that was the, the meat of that tournament was just guardians and ninjas and so going in with lexi is a great call in that field so i think you you called you and, know you it, i know i know that in the end you know it, it didn't play out i think the way that you wanted it which which we never no none of well, us like if it first it's first or bust right so anyway so i'm excited to have you on i want to get into this stuff some more and i'm going to pass it back to adam before i just Keep running <laughs> away with Are the here, Can I say one thing real quick? Uh, yes, is that
1: I, I was I was watching your Flake episode last week and um I saw the I think you had um In Flake We Trust. As yes. Like a little, yeah. For And so I was like kind of excited to see what what you were going to put for, for me on. you Right. And so I look and it's just wraps wraps reps. I'm like, are you trying to tell me something like I, I, I need to I need to work harder? <laughs> no, 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 no. Or, no what, he's what's, ignored, what's going on he here? Ignored. You know? Oh, man.
2: All right. All right. I'll get back to
1: it. Do you want me to I'll change
2: to it? Total <laughs> joke. Yeah. Do yeah, you can't change want to shout it. out to someone? No. <laughs> you want me to put like, your grandmother's name on this or something? Like, I, I, I've got you, man. Absolutely. I've got you.
1: Oh okay. Not. All yeah. right. Okay. I, okay. My, my,
2: my grandmother
1: is a wonderful
2: woman,
0: but don't put her name on there. <laughs> okay. <sure. laughs> cool. So, uh we are uh we've got I, I think yeah to, to what Sean's point like some really cool stuff to dive in in this episode, but before we get there, uh I do want to on the topic of having a better organized show. Uh we're working in a little bit of a new segment at this point and uh unfortunately this week there's uh not I think at this point we can all agree like the, the big news we're waiting on is for the bulk of spoilers to happen. We kind of know when the next few events are. When we I I'm going to acknowledge LSS is like they're they're a growing company and at the end of the day like the the let's say the asks we're we're, were requiring of like awareness on like event scheduling and stuff. Like there's there's some growing pains there and I think us giving them some onus to figure it out over the next couple seasons is 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 definitely a good thing to do but uh i'm actually in some ways impressed with the the work they've already done like letting us know worlds will be in um in, in europe this year it gives people some ability to at least start to anticipate and plan a little bit so it's a work in the right direction but like i said we're waiting on um we're waiting on spoilers right now but in the meantime uh outsider watch uh do um i know sean and i sean and i in the past couple episodes we, we've picked uh charles and uh flakes brain on what they're excited for on uh out, outside is what they're hoping for we're starting to see some things i know we've kind of touched on some of the things we're excited about east and what are especially as, as a competitive player like i'm sure like there's uh there's an element of i know for myself like there's i, I with this game i wear the the competitive like what deck should i be playing at those major events and then i wear the what deck do i want to play at armories hat like they, they're interchangeable and like get, give me the scoot what are you hoping for with this set what are you excited about
1: yeah so um i guess barring um ninja because Fi's had a pretty dominant run recently yeah. uh we're going to be focusing on some classes that haven't had as much support or haven't been as competitive uh which is always great to see. I think the most recent uh, set that they came out with, a lot of people were disappointed with the amount of, like, quality uh, high power level cards. But in reality, we were just lacking uh, those kind of quality cards in classes that already had enough really powerful cards, and I think that actually people don't give enough credit to how well of a job this last set did. Uh, and I say last set because I keep on confusing Uprising and Dynasty. It's Dynasty. Dynasty is the last set. Uh, but people underestimate how how many good, uh, powerful cards came from dynasty in these kind of classes that really needed the support and i think that even though we haven't quite seen it worn out in some of these top tables i think there are a lot of viable decks which is really cool to see and i just want to see more of those like um uh you know kind of lower tier classes get some more support i'm personally really into lexi so i'm excited to see what kind of arrows or other tools that they have to offer for me
0: what about limited at all are you you limited guy i mean he's went three oh so in france day one yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I I ended up going three three in limited worlds,
1: and it dropped me from like 15th place in Elo down to like 60th. So Ooh. the swings are big, but but yeah, yeah. It was, it's funny because for a while my Elo in limited was like really really high, and I'm really not a limited player. Um, I'm a I'm a card gamer, so I've I've played a lot of limited in my life, but I I love constructed. There's nothing I love more than like deck building, deck tweaking, learning my matchups for different um, decks and things like that. Um, But that being said, I I love Flesh and Blood and I want to be able to play that in lots of different ways. Um, I do think that the recent draft formats have been pretty severely lacking. I think there's some pretty cool things going on. I think the uh, addition of um, Helios Miter was a a really interesting design space that they can explore more. Uh, I also think that um, Quell is probably the coolest limited mechanic I've ever seen in any game ever. Honestly, I think it's just so well designed. A lot of so a lot of like the kind of um, micro things going on in last format was really good. At a macro level, it was not a very good format. Um, <laughs> yeah. I'm excited for the diversity of six different young heroes across three different classes, um, and I really enjoyed like the the uh, return to Welcome to Wraith weekend. Uh, I thought that was really good limited gameplay. Yeah. And part of what yeah. I really liked about it was the fact that. Um, there were a lot of powerful generics and a lot of powerful defense and attack reactions. I think limited is a great point for uh, attack and defense reactions to shine.
2: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I, you know, looking at you, you kind of said it like the welcome to Wraith limited events. Like I remember when we did the Return to Wraith, you know, pre, you know these these little limited events. It was my first time playing welcome to wraith unlimited because when the game kind of released it was a global pandemic so playing limited wasn't really an option uh and playing that tournament and you're right cards like sink below and even like like i was was it regurgitating sloth and like all these cards mm-hmm. like wounded bowl and you're just like these, these cards are playable these cards are yeah. playable and and then you know but in a constructed setting wounded bowl is a bad example because of how you know ubiquitous it is in in, in icelander but a lot of the generics kind of fall flat Right, um, outside of fate for foreseen, Sync below, and a few you know specifics. Um, and I, I, I'm excited to see like what cards do get valued really highly and limited for us, uh, for for outsiders. And then what the bombs are because you said it with dynasty. A lot of classes got these bombs, like these really great cards. Like a card that that I think of is like drill shot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh yeah, that's crazy. Like Easy. drill Easy. shots, it, it, it's a rare. And it's. And
1: pathing team. helix, or not pathing helix. Um, heat seeker. Battering bolt.
2: Yeah, heat, heat seeker is amazing. Yeah. Battering bolt is kind of whatever. Um, but like. Well, that heat that was, was everfest, I think. Was, everfest? was it? Okay, yeah. I might be, I might be lost but in my, I don't, I don't. Two powerful variables, Yeah, yeah, I think that's yeah.
0: everfest actually.
2: Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, you're right. Heat seeker and drill shot, like those are two amazing cards, and and I want to see more of those types of cards because you're right. Uh, in everfest, a lot of the classes that got the good cards didn't really need them.
1: It was yeah, it was so uh, yeah. imbalanced. It was literally just like all yeah. the Guardian cards, all the Illusionist cards were just OP. Uh, you had Rebel and Runeblood and, um, and uh, Swarming Gloomvale Gloom uh, yeah. as really powerful Runeblade cards. And then you had all of the blue auras and then the one for seven for, for Prism. And then yep. uh, Guardian got um, two different blue eight powers, which is ridiculous, as oh, well God, as Terra Sunder. It's just like they, they got... And Terra, Terra Sunder, and Terra Sunder is one of the best reds in the game, and it's blue.
2: Yeah, yeah. Isn't yeah. Uh, isn't Terra Sunder? Uh, Ter- was was Ter- it wasn't very fast. No, Terra was Tails, I believe. That's what I'm. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Terra oh, okay. was, was Tails. Oh, just like, that. It, block doesn't, it. Matter. I it think, doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I think yeah. you can look the at point the point is like it was so much. pulverize, pulverize, pulverize. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There you I, go. That's what you meant. I think
0: if we look at like the the game just quickly, I I have had this observation where there's uh. In the development of the game, I, I almost, at this point, think of uh, Welcome to Wraith, Ark, and Crew as, like, the first block. And then the next block is yeah. uh, Tails uh, or Monarch Tales Monarch. And, and, yeah. and 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 Everfest. And that's where I think they, in that next block, they, they, they played with this idea of, like, pushing the power ceiling. And they... they yeah, we we, they did. we, we saw it can go high. It gets <laughs> there. It gets, that, there. Yeah, yeah. It gets yeah, there. There's yeah. a lot of a lot of strong tools we got out of those three sets, and a lot just a lot of strong. And they, even LSS has come back and said, since they're like, I think for the the health of the game, uh, who knows? Maybe down the road there's room to explore. Like we can have an unequivalent uh, to uh, to flesh and blood. Or we get like wacky, fun pushed ideas. But like for the for the idea of competitive I mean... integrity, it, it was. It was high. And then, hot, then go ahead, go hot, ahead Sean, take, hot
2: take. Hot take. Uh, hot take. Tales of Aria wasn't unset. No?
0: No?
1: I mean, you're I, not... I, 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 I love Tales of Aria. That's I when know. I started playing fun. the game. It has my favorite heroes. I think that, like, the there's... there's uh, unlike Uprising, where you have, like, this... Okay, we have this one draconic hero, another draconic hero, and this ice hero period that's it we're we're calling it calling it quits there i'm like what am i supposed to do with this draft format i yeah. think tails has such a, like a beautiful like symmetry to it tails and how them. they did it um there were definitely some very pushed cards uh and, oh, yeah. but i but man i i can't say too much bad about that set i, I love that set so much
2: oh and you, you i, I you love it too and and, and I, I sorry man i i think like uh what i mean by it's an unset is if you look at the power level of some of the cards in that set it's just crazy. Like I like Awakening was was entails in oh, uh God. instantly banned. Uh Dusk doesn't Duskblade also tails Dusk instantly is tails, banned. Yeah. 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 That yeah. was that was really? that, that was, one was funny. That was a
0: meme. We made a mistake. I I remember yeah, <laughs> we made a mistake. there was the playmat there was so many things That one was funny.
2: So like yeah. Tails uh, Tails when it came out it's like oh this is clearly like they the, the power level was so out of whack. And then we're like, oh, this is not going to happen again, right? And then Everfest came out. And I know that for a lot of players, that was kind of like, <sighs> yeah, you know, like, really? Come on, like, give us something. And then, like, I remember when Uprising came out, everybody was kind of like, okay, they're, like, the power level is going down a little bit. Like, they're stabilizing stuff. And then, no, they w- and it wasn't because... Well-
0: yeah in a way you're right but then in a way also dynasty comes and it's it, we got a couple good cards for a couple classes in dynasty but like you, you could clearly see the general power level still going Yeah, uh, you
1: know. Card, card designing is so hard oh, because making it really exciting like what they did with ever with um tales of aria i feel but then also how do you make it exciting without being just like auto includes, these are these are clearly push cards. How do you avoid power creep? Um yeah. and, and especially in, in this game, where like you know a lot of the an early observation I, I found with this game in the first few weeks I started playing, I was like, oh, every deck is basically the same. They're just like kind of in, like in disguise, you know? Like like yeah. I, I'm playing I'm playing this kind of chess-like math-based game. And I call this old him, but then you are doing the same kind of thing, and you call it Briar, and and they feel very different. And, and I think Alice has done a, like amazing job as like finding that thing that makes a class specific and fun and unique, and like be able to express math through those kind of game mechanics. Um, and then you can sort of find the class that appeals to you and kind of lean into it. I think they've done an amazing job at that. And so I think, to my earlier point, I don't think they need to push too hard. I think they need to just keep on designing cool like ways to express math in each class. And as long as they keep on nailing the flavor of each class and it's uh, and they're staying on a roughly same power level, I think they're going to succeed.
0: Absolutely. And I, I think, to your point, I, I, so many people buy into this game because of this idea that thematically... Everything is so appropriate, you know. I I I remember noticing that with when, when I started playing Welcome to Wraith, even in because in, I I got access to Welcome to Wraith before anything else. So kitchen table wise, that's what I was playing: Dorinthia versus Katsu, and just noticing these little details about like ninja, like this idea of going wide and 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 these little pokes and stuff. Whereas like the the idea of a warrior, even. Um, the driving tempo with the sword and just like something a warrior-esque kind of feeling guardian and and, and brute were also really appropriate so yeah to your point like that thematic piece i think is going to be a huge part about what's going to make this game succeed uh you mentioned something else i want to talk about quickly there's uh you talked about how tales was an amazing limited set and i i agree actually like though tales underrated uh, yeah tales impact on I, I remember like when Tales first started like floating around and people started to learn how to play Tales as a limited set, there was a lot of complaints about it, but I think in hindsight it was people not understanding just how to m- maybe meta game the set. And I think, I think there's been an element to that with maybe even uprising though. I do think uprising is a little bit more of a polarizing exp- I'm going to say, a moderate more of a polarizing experience I'm not going to go to say so I polarizing I don't want to be like hot take level but yeah I'll acknowledge it but where where I'm going with this is I remember even back with monarch when we first got chain and people caught on to the uh the big chain play this is before seeds got banned and you could set up the end game of multiple seeds into big ass riff binds and It was, it was oppressive. And when I remember in the BNR, and I I can never keep track of which one it is. The, 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 uh, the the memo that, that indicated that seeds would no longer be playable and constructed. uh, The discussion in the, the article was that the reason seeds got so pushed was because it, it, it needed to be as such in 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 limited. They in were limited. trying. They were trying yeah. so hard to make this really fun, limited set uh, that they they overdid it and um, the, the, it, its impact on CC was way too pushed for what was the comparative power level at the time amongst other available things, uh, and then yes, the next two releases, Tales and. And, and everfest just drastically mess with that power level but the the point being that the the balance between draft or building a, a designing a set that not only can impact and have a good construct a good impact on the constructed play but also a good impact on the limited play is it, to the further your point of card designing is not an easy balance uh that minutia is not easy as well. So, like, yeah, kudos to everything LSS is doing at the end of the day. I think the fact that they've been so accountable up until this point has been like, yeah, we we know we're tweaking things, we're we're dialing it in. Um and and maybe outsiders won't be on the nose, like maybe it won't be exactly where it needs to be. But the fact that I, I trust them to just keep trying and, and dialing it in. Uh, I think I made a joke once on this podcast. If you had like a, a little dial and one end is Yu-Gi-Oh and the other end is chess. LSS is yeah, tweaking where do you that go? dial. And like we, <laughs> it, Welcome to Wraith probably actually starts at a really good five. And then... Uh, as, as, you know, as we dip into the, as I described the block format, we dip into the monarch tales ever as blogger, like, okay, we're getting up to an eight to a nine. And they're like, no, we, we need to dial that back. So now, you know, dynasty, by the time we reach dynasty, we're down like a three. And so we need to hopefully outsiders yeah. gets us back to the five. Um,
1: well, and I think that to your point, I do think that um, where this game shines and what made me initially fall in love with it was that it is sort of that perfect balance between chess and card games those are the two games that are they're so easy to kind of reference um because there are there's so much overlap and i think if you can find that perfect in between like you're suggesting then then you're um then they're really succeeding
0: absolutely and i'm yeah so uh, this has been actually some cool insight on on where to hope and just what to pay attention to with uh, with the next few sets we get and i'm i'm excited to see what they, they got to deliver
1: on the they got to deliver on a good limited format for sure because yes, we yeah. have, yes they we do. Have, the, we have these supplemental sets like we have these supplemental sets to infuse cards into cc and so Let's use them, but let's make sure that if it's a limited format, then it's really, really good. Okay. If there's not a single playable card, but it's a it's a good limited format, that's a success for me.
0: Okay, yeah, I agree. And like, I think like the one thing that I really liked about Uprising, though, honestly, it wasn't the great limited set. the the idea of token playables. You mentioned the miter, the other one being the Phoenix Flame. Um, that yeah. those like the crack bobble was an okay first. I understand the need for the crack bobble. This idea that because uh, like if we look the other biggest limited game is magic and the thing that makes magic just easier to draft is the fact that you can fill almost half your deck with a land station so now out of the 45 cards you're going to draft you only need maybe 20 odd playables if you want like a half like, there, there's obviously like maybe the number is not quite 20 but like just the idea that you can, you can substitute a lot of your, and you have to substitute a lot of your deck to make it work it, it just gives you a lot more wiggle room. And just Flesh and Blood draft doesn't provide that. The, the, the experience is so much more punishing. It's so much tighter. So I, I do think, I, I, even though I think hybrid cards are going to be a great move in that direction, and I'm curious to see how hybrid cards make the draft set more playable, but I, I, I'm curious to see what and if they're going to do anything in the realm of, of token playables, especially since it's another 14-card pack draft is two it's yeah. 16 cards two of them are tokens
2: yeah i think we're going to see that again i'd be surprised if they. it's it's such a cool mechanic especially for limited play and in a game that is so like um you, you said it picks are so so important like uh, easton how many times have you been like pack, like pack three pick one and you're just oh uh, sorry pack uh, pack one pick three and you're just like shit i have to make a decision like oh, isn't yeah. that the worst yeah. feeling ever
1: there's no there's no room to audible into a different strategy uh, like there was with Tales of Aria, for example. yeah, um, yeah. Uh, with uprising. but but simultaneously, also, uprising had a lot of really interesting sideboard cards. But yes. I wasn't able to really, really like express that part of the format because my picks, I just had to like I had to make sure I had enough playables. This is why I kind of yeah. one of the reasons why I lean towards Phi drafting because, I only needed 27 you know i can mm-hmm. uh, get my healing bombs and my oasis respites and things yeah. like that in my sideboard and be able to actually have the space in my picks to actually take those tools um because i knew i only needed you know 27 out of out of 42 or whatever instead of instead of 30 which is it's so much there's no room it is
2: listen. it is because the, the the truth is that your last three cards you're getting every package is calf is is garbage Unless you, you're playing the roulette and you happen to be in the perfect spot where you get a playable uh, in those last three picks, odds are you're getting something for a class that you're you're not you're never going to field.
1: Unless you're at uh, Pro Tour France and then people were just like last picking Oasis Respite, which was crazy.
2: I know, yeah. <laughs> there so some I weird mean, like you know, that draft. Pods, pods. I guess it, it really depends. Like I, my, I remember like my Canadian Nats was just the draft was I I. It was such a weird experience to be like around players that not necessarily didn't know what they were doing but like we're passing cards and you're just like okay so you're clearly not on this and then you're like all right cool and then you get the next pack and you're like
1: well you clearly are on this so <laughs>
2: yeah there's there's been moments where yeah. like i grab the thing and i'm like i'm not supposed to look at my opponent but i'm like what like, what are you <laughs> yeah. doing what are yeah. you doing dude um so anyways i i, I I'm really hoping that Limited is going to be strong. And one thing that is cool, like I'm not a Limited player, never have been. Um, I've played Limited, but it's not my thing. I, I'm a, like, c- kind of like you, I love Constructed. Um, and Flesh and Blood is a game that is designed by someone who loves Limited. James yeah. James White has come out as saying that he loves Limited. He thinks it's the lifeblood of the game. And Limited has brought us cards like Duskblade and Seeds of Agony. And it just, we need to keep in mind also that when you're designing a set, even though the Limited experience is very important, whatever you choose to do for your limited experience cannot not include the concept that most of your players will choose to play a constructed setting. It's true. That's really important. Um, and like, I, I know from, I'm a hobbyist game designer. I've designed a couple games I've contributed to uh, other couple games that have been kickstarted and whatever. Um, making a current game is really hard it's It's hard. It's super costly. Balancing things in a format that is wide open and like that a lot of players get their hands on is near impossible. So there's always going to be ebbs and flows in decks that just are brutally strong. and And the good news for us, flesh and blood players, is that LSS is responsive. And they're typically transparent. If they do a mistake, if they, if you know, if something's a goofball, like, oh, Starvo, you little goofball. <laughs> um, they will, they'll they'll typically, you know, address it and say, we know it's fine. We'll, whereas other games are like, print a card, like Jace the Mind Sculptor. And then they're like, what, what's wrong with this card? We don't know. And you're know, like, two years later, everybody sells their entire collections because they, they can't deal with just being Jace to death. And eventually they go, oh yeah, that might've been a mistake. So, <laughs> yeah, you know. Yeah. I would like to know about more about the other games that you've played and that cuz I saw you you smile there so you know you you obviously you you're aware.
0: <laughs> yeah. So uh yeah
1: no you're, listen you're, listen Wizards of the Coast if you want me to play Magic again just unban splinter twin please just unban yeah. splinter twin. <laughs> unban <laughs> Burning
2: <laughs> Pod. Let's get crazy man. Let's get crazy. Yeah, just the good old pod. days.
1: Mox Opal, let's go. Let's go. <laughs> let's, let's go, do it. man. Do it. Let's see what like do it.
2: the good old days. Firemancer Swath, let's go. I don't know what that card does. <laughs> Ooh, that was funny. That was that was OG Modern, grape shooting right. someone for thirty on turn two.
0: That is enough chat about a game that, <sighs> as far as this podcast is concerned, uh, does not exist. Uh, Fair. <laughs> But that is uh, good. That's good, good riddance. Good riddance. Fab yeah. is way better than. Fab, than
1: yeah.
2: it, it is a much better and game. Yeah. I
0: think yeah. To, to just cap everything, we all said like I think at the end of the day, the the fact that LSS just cares, like yeah, it's like don't get me wrong. I'm sure when when Watsy first started and all, like there were people and people who cared, and I'm sure even in Watsy today there are people who care. They're stoked to be there, but at, at the end of the day, like I think it's we we all know like Hasbro does not. It's, it's, it's about the yeah. money for them. And so, but that's enough about that. That was the news, uh, a segment that ended up being almost entirely filled with uh, speculation and hope and very little fact, which was <laughs> very counter to what uh, the news is.
2: Uh, but uh, it's very much news in 2023, man. Yeah. That's all news is in 2023. It's just emotions. No facts. Yeah.
0: God. Uh, we're fitting right in. We're not going down the rabbit hole. of No, that the people are here to escape that. We, you know, I, Yes, I'm stonewalling. Back to, flesh and blood. back to flesh and blood. We are moving on to uh, so in 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 light of like I said, I'm I'm really trying to present an organized show. Uh, the the next portion, uh, I in my notes I initially wrote down the meat uh, as in the meat and potatoes and the more the word the meat kept coming up i just kind of started to shudder and i'm just like i do not want that to be associated with the, the next portion of this but I, I thought that whole dichotomy is quite interesting We're moving on to the bulk no i don't like that either we're gonna work on the this. body the bot no i don't like that either The That's... body the meat the uh man it's 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 weird It's it's hard to I, I even went so far as to check the comp rules and be like, can I break this chunk? down into like the, 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 ch- the chonk the chonk? The chunk. <laughs> the chonk's pretty good. Wait, are we talking C H
2: yeah. C-H- O N K. Alright, ladies and gentlemen,
0: it's time for C-H-O-N-K, yeah, the chonk.
2: C H O N K baby. Yeah, yeah. That's pretty good. That's, the chonk, that's, dude. It's also very baby. of our time. Yeah. Yeah. It is. We'll
0: see. We'll try it out. We'll try we'll, we'll dip our toes in. We'll see. we we'll see how this feels. Uh moving on to the chonk. Uh yeah, baby. <laughs> uh we're here to talk today about Easton like Easton this is really us we uh we recognize that you you are an incredible player and in a lot of ways I don't I I genuinely actually don't think you have the platform you deserve at this point so we're here to talk about you pick your brain we've already done a little bit of that um I know um a, a big part of of anybody's journey to to, to being at, at, at your level of uh, uh, uh just competitive clout like you've you've definitely you've earned it like i said the, the, there's a journey and a path that gets there and uh I, to start off we're curious um where what are the, the the big like things that what what brings you to the the point where you are today like who as we used to say uh back pre-patpocalypse who are you and how the hell did you get here
1: yeah, so first of all, you know, I I made a, a Twitter post that you guys responded to, and that's how we, we kind of got yeah, on this absolutely, podcast yeah. today. Yeah, you know, I, I didn't want it to, like, come across as sort of, um, I think I, like, deserve no, more notoriety, I, right? right? Like, I because want to preface, that's,
0: that's not what we're saying either. It, yeah. It's more one of those, like, you've, I think there are a few people in our scene still who just haven't had, for, for one reason, either haven't had the chance to just really stand out yet, or... It just, the planets haven't aligned correctly for them and it, it, this is when i yeah t- you you brought up the the twitter post when i saw that, i didn't take that as a and i t- t- i wanted like our listeners to be aware like there's yeah no sentiment of that this this is purely like it no dude you are you you've got the chops and we wanna we want to chat with you about it Ultimately, I think that like
1: res- results speak for themselves, and yeah, I-, exactly. I hope to have a good year. Have a good year. There's not a lot of competitive events, so you know I'll have to really shine at the few that we do have. Yeah. But um, I'll I'll uh, do my best to have a good year and and hopefully um, kind of gain more steam in that way. Um, and and the whole community has been super welcoming. Even some of the more well known well known players, I've developed good relationships with. So uh, it's more so probably. From from my perspective, the fact that I, I never really kind of dove all into this whole social media thing, Absolutely. like when you know i'm 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 turning thirty this year. And so, like in my teens was when a lot of that stuff was starting to really kind of ramp up. And I mean, it's been kind of a ramp up over the last you know twenty years or so. but uh, I, I just never really fell into it. It never felt uh, authentic enough for my experience. It never um led to a um a really positive like emotional headspace for me um uh and so i i i didn't i i basically i have my kind of friend group and i do have my hobbies but i'm not very like vocal in like the kind of greater internet scene um and so fab was like the first game uh, and the first kind of just um, community that i was a part of where i kind of changed my tune a little bit in that I, I just, I kind of want to. And so a lot of that post is like, Hey, this is kind of, it's not really, it's foreign for me, you know, it's, it's not natural for me to kind of interact with the community in this kind of setting, but I want to, and I, I want to get to know all these awesome people because, uh, one thing that's really cool about fab is that it's brought a lot of people from different walks of life. And a lot less of just, like, um, magic converts, which which is what I am, admittedly. But, like, I was expecting a lot more of that. And what I've gotten is quite the opposite. Just, like, I mean, the way people get into this game, there's some of those, like, random stories. Like, how, how did you, how is this the first card game that you started? There's so many players who this is the yeah. first card game that, they're, that they were playing, you know? And so, anyway, back to the kind of point, which is that... Uh, I, I want to sort of put myself out there. I don't feel I, I deserve any kind of notoriety or whatever. I've had a couple good performances. I think that some strong players think highly of me as a player, uh, and that's great. I hope to continue to kind of prove those people right, and and um, and whatnot. But um, yeah, I just want to kind of have more conversations about Fab. I want to grow. Um, hearing from other people's perspectives um, and anyway that's kind of like gives you a little bit about myself as well as kind of why I'm I'm looking to kind of move forward in that way so I don't know if that answered your question in the way you wanted but there it, there you go
0: it's you know it's interesting it, it not in the context of like when I wrote down the question it, it, it's not the answer I was imagining getting but it, I think it's actually you you bring up a, for me actually a, a few really cool um, thoughts and, and insights because like uh i guess for starters myself i like j- just as a like i didn't come from a, a huge like, I, I dabble in magic before i find flesh and blood and so like to your point like there uh, we do like there are a lot of different uh perspectives and in, in walks of life in, in this game and it's really cool but you you brought up this this point of um your, so, your, your relationship with social media pre-flesh and blood. Um, and uh, that really resonated with me because I, I think I have a similar experience where growing up I, I had this view of, like, I, started, I developed this view of, like, social media almost being toxic. Like, there's a lot of negativity. There's a lot of, like, people projecting things. There's a lot of, you know, y- your self-esteem gets impacted by um, – by your interaction with, with others or just the perception you see from because one of the realities with generalized social media is people don't post for the most part and I, I think it's cool that society's starting to shift this way we're starting to have a mental shift of hey like there's a good and bad side to life and like let's acknowledge both and just normalize it but the for, for the most part for the longest time generalized social media didn't lean into that all you saw was people's highlights their highs they're good moments and then when you're dealing with the minutiae of life like and you all, that's all you see on someone on your feed like that feels like shit so you brought up this point of like you you don't you, you didn't really interact with social media pre this and i was the same way it wasn't even i i still shun facebook for the most part actually but uh twitter like flesh and blood twitter is a a really interesting space like a very interesting space because and even Twitter on the whole, I think, is still a, a terrible cesspool play. Like, there's a lot of bad things on Twitter, and um, some people with a, a lot of money started poking around and probably not making it better. But um, the the we we have this little isolated roof above our heads that, that protects us from all that somehow, and we, we live in our own little bubble in, in flesh-and-blood Twitter. And it, to your point, it's a really cool environment to be a part of because it's not about highlighting it, it's not about putting on this facade it's it's it is very real it's people who are just genuinely excited to be a part of and interact with each other and i i think I, I, for me like i caught on to that and like the way you described it i think like it, whether you had the, the conscious acknowledgement or not like I, I think like that's kind of the way you described it too and i think that's such a cool a cool part of this community is just that how on so many different levels we're inclusive and we just want to all have hang a home out. yeah hang out yeah and, for and sure coexist. that's
1: that's not one of the big things for me because i i played magic for 10 years and the last tournament i ever played in magic was at um, an LGS out here in colorado um and it was a modern like 1k event and i didn't really realize while i was in the tournament but then kind of reflecting on the drive back i was like wow that was i was miserable that entire time yeah. um and and, it, and a lot of it came down to I think in magic, it's it's all kind of nebulous and hard to talk about. And and by the way, I have a, a lot of friends in magic, a lot of awesome people in magic. Oh, absolutely. Uh, a, lot of, a lot of incredible people. But I would just say as a whole, there's kind of the sense of when you're sitting down across from somebody, like they are your opponent and you are here to defeat yeah. them. And, and that's kind of like, that's that's paramount in that interaction, right? You might be friendly, but that's secondarily, you know. And, and in, in Flesh and Blood, um, that was kind of like honestly some growing pains for me, um because I definitely was very like, I, there's me and my friends and then everyone else is the other, and they're the enemy, mm-hmm. and we got to defeat them, you know, and coming into flesh and blood, it was so inclusive. Uh, if you'll allow me, I'm just gonna share like a quick Absolutely. quick story. yeah, let's uh, which is it. At, uh, come, uh, tales of Aria pre-release. Um, I had been playing the game for just a couple weeks, and um i I, I went to the, uh, an LGS that I had never been to before. I knew one person. Um, from like another event, and everyone else, I, I didn't. And I sat down, and we started cracking open our packs. And um, I, I just like opened a pack, and I was like, "Oh, hey, look, it's a, it's a fabled, it's, it's a corsham, you know." I opened corsham at the really which nowadays is worth like nothing, but, uh, but it was really cool, right? I mean, no that's one knew that it was terrible yet. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and so I, you know, I was like opened it up, and I was like, I showed this one person. That would have cool like, as well, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. It was really nice looking. I was like, hey, that's pretty cool. And this guy was like, he like, like looked around the whole room. He was like, "Hey, everybody! This guy opened up a Corsham!" And everyone literally started like clapping and celebrating for me. It was like, it was like it was overwhelming. Weird. It was really weird. So I was like, yeah. "Why the hell do you guys give an f about like what I just did? Just like you're supposed to be like jealous of of the fact that I got this, not like happy for me, right?" That was just like a one of my early experiences where I was like, "Okay, this game's a little bit different." I. I it's not what i'm used to i'm used to kind of being closed off and 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 me versus them but but this game's a little different and um w- that was just one of many events that kind of led me to kind of change how i mentally was engaging this game um less about trying to just like crush all my enemies and more about trying yeah. to make a lot of friends and grow a lot and and help others grow and i can truly say that i think i've grown a lot in that way but but like honestly like i, I have had a lot of like negative tendencies coming from the magic scene and so uh, i have to thank fab for kind of like working those out of me you know
2: so i I definitely want to expand on that a little bit because um i'm 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 in the same spot as you like i i I, if you watch the episode with flake we talked about the cypher card games uh I, i also played magic for quite some time we were you know to adam's dismay we were talking about you know modern and how good it used to be uh and so you know yeah that conversation was woo, right over my head <laughs> yeah whee! uh but i get what you're saying and it's funny because um it, it, we'll get into teams and stuff later uh, i'm part of a team here uh in in quebec uh called team awesome uh and so one of the things that one of our uh, of our team members pointed out he goes i think i know why that dynamic is different in flesh and blood and it's not in Magic. Because in Magic, and I, I'll I'll say the same thing as you, I actually retried recently to play Magic competitively, and there was that weird um, lack of engagement between players. And you know, when you're sitting in front of someone, and this, is, this goes beyond that game and it goes into a lot of other games, but there's this kind of weird, you know, I have to figure you out, you have to figure me out, I don't want you to know and stuff. Um, in Flesh and Blood, the first thing that you do when you sit in front of an opponent, uh, outside of saying hi, is you reveal your hero. And revealing your hero, what it does is it kind of opens this door of you're going to know a lot of information off the bat. There's no me hiding and, and like, oh, maybe he doesn't know what I'm on, you know, and I'm, I've got this secret tech and there's, there's none of that in Flesh and Blood. And the game is played under one game. So there's no bad feelings like, oh, I lose the first one. Then I get really serious into the second one. And then I'm going to try to figure you out by sideboarding into the second game. Flesh and Blood kind of puts it all on the table. Um, and it creates an environment that is way more conducive to player engagement than other uh, products. And I, I said something, uh, I say something about Flesh and Blood that I, I really think is, it rings true is um, Flesh and Blood players, there's a big difference between Flesh and Blood players and a lot of other players. And that's we actually like playing our game.
1: It's yes. so fun, yeah. It's so fun. You like play. playing it, the game,
2: and, and also after yeah. after
1: you lose, you can't just complain about getting mana screwed or mana flooded because you probably could have won that game if you if you had done better. Like every yeah. game I play that I lose, like almost every game I play that I lose, I I could have won. Like
2: yeah, it, it, there's there's all every single game of Flesh and Blood outside of like blowouts is tight. Once you get to that level, it's like there's no just like, oh, you lose. It, it's most of the games, you know, there's there's a back and forth. And um, and you also said something interesting. Uh, you said, you know, a lot of players playing Flesh and Blood, this is their first game. This mm-hmm. is their mm-hmm. first foray into card games. And, you know, you and I were veteran players of, of other card games. Adams also played other card games. Um, but, like, we I also find that a lot of players who used to play games that are no longer being supported are finding their way into uh, into flesh and blood. Like um, a lot of my, my teammates are old Destiny players, uh, Star Wars Destiny, or they're, they're um, World of Warcraft trading card game players, right? Yeah. So mm-hmm. I, it creates this like nook for players who really love the game they're involved in and love their hero and feel a sense of belonging. And that's flourishing into a beautiful uh, community. And that community is also uh, leading to you know, I mentioned my team, but you're part of a of a big team. You're part of Team Ascent. Yeah, yeah. You know, and I I think that that's um that you know let we can talk about um we can talk about your team in a little bit, but one of the the, the first times that I had ever seen a Team Ascent jersey was at Pro Tour Little. And uh, I'm not sure if that was your first time, you know, showing up with the jersey. Maybe you were in uh, in um, in Jersey in New Jersey, and I didn't see you, but um. You had you you cleaned up it, Lil. Yeah,
1: that pretty was a good
2: day one. Yeah.
1: That was a fun tournament. Um, yeah, I I think we had the jerseys for, for New Jersey. Um, I think I'm I not positive. New
0: Jersey, yeah, I'm pretty sure. I yeah, yeah. Yeah. Which, by I'm... the way. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. The
1: jerseys are the jerseys are changing. They're gonna Ooh. they're gonna be like very scaled back, very like kind of kind of like this hoodie, because we have we have new sponsor now. We have Mid Max Games sponsoring us. Oh, Shout really out to cool. MinMax Games. They're awesome. Uh, it used to be Hometown TCG with Josh. Uh, Josh is also still just a great friend at, uh, of the of the team, um, but he had a kid and needed to focus on other things. Makes and sense. we said, <laughs> yes, focus on your kid. Uh, we are not nearly as important as this new life that you brought into this world. Um, and and MinMax Games uh, have recently sponsored us. So we're going to get updated jerseys, and they're going to be kind of like sleek, kind of black and dark dark colors, and they're going to look really, really good.
2: Very
0: yeah. cool. So, just out of curiosity, then uh, I know so you're recently on the the Action Point podcast uh, hosted by Off the Rails, um, and you, uh, I, I know you broke into a lot of the minutiae of like the how Team Ascent came to be and all that. But like one thing I'm really, I've always been a huge proponent. While we're on the topic of teams, I've always been a huge proponent of um, just how. Flesh and blood so much more of a team sport than I think anyone acknowledges. Yes, like uh, we, we we compete individually, but so, so many of the f- formidable players in this game at this point have. Uh, if, if you're in tune with with with, with kind of the, the competitive scene, you, you know of some some group represent like that they're associated with their backing with them or something like, you know, Michael Hamilton, Roger Bode, uh, Zach Bunn, and then they've all got the, the wolf pack, you know, like, um, you, you know, of Brennan, Patrick Hayden, Dale, Sasha Markovich, uh, Dan McKay, those guys working together, you know, we know the, the hometown ascent crew, uh, we can really, we can, there's a long list. We can dive down it. The point I'm trying to make is, um, how important has that that aspect of teamwork been to you really being able to to just have the the results you've posted this season or this year past year
1: yeah, so when, when I first started playing Flesh and Blood, I had, a, you know, a long backstory of, of competitive card gaming, and so I was really kind of like looking for the, the, the talent in my area, right, uh, some of the best players, and so I kind of went to some events, and I, I found some of the best players, I, I befriended uh, Chris Bromit at that time, I became kind of close friends, and also started testing a lot more, um, and then... Um, between him myself, um Nick Bova, who is currently our team captain, uh chris Bra- uh, Chris, Rommet, I said, uh, Nick Zimmerman, who um, top aided um, a he got second in the calling, limited calling against Namvo. Uh okay. he no longer plays, but um John Sideck, who top aided the first u s. nationals and Ian Carico as well. So we were kind of like the original members and we um, added Josh Lau, who's also a local. Yeah. Uh, you'll know him as, um, sorry, Michael Lau is Josh Lau's uh, brother and he's uh, on our team as well. As much as uh, Josh Lau is out there as a warrior main, uh, I don't know of a single illusionist main uh, that cares more about that class than, than Michael Lau. Um, <laughs> but I digress. I, I I know you're about to- <laughs> Oh man. You're gonna to fight him
2: for that, yeah. Uh, I I could put up a a, a, no no I'm kidding it's it's um I I miss I miss Prism dearly you miss your it's hard you you,
1: you miss your playable illusionist I miss my my
2: playable illusionist Uh, I mean look there's not um. it's it's I'm not going I don't want to take the, you're you were kind of on a run then and I don't want to take it away. but um I yeah, i'm I'm really looking forward to uh, that that light illusion is coming back. Um I just I feel a little bit aimless, kind of like, you know, Josh allow lost uh, Dorinthia. It's kind of like, well, where do I go from here, right? Yeah, yeah.
1: hundred um, percent agree. It's kind of one of the one of the only downsides of having a game that appeals to people's sensibilities so much. like this hero yeah. is my hero. This is how I express myself, oh, wait, I can't do that anymore. Like, that's a yep. big kind of – that's a big earth-shattering moment, you know. Um, and I've seen a lot of players who have mains kind of go through that struggle. Um, um, so that's how it started. I, I kind of found that group of players, and I said, you guys are all really good at the game, tons of other really good Colorado players, but those are kind of the group that I, I kind of uh, got with. And And I – early on, I – Again, I saw sort of like what it meant to be a part of the FAB community, and I was like, I need to change my my mentality and totally do a 180 and be very team-focused. And I think I've done a pretty good job. Um, There's been some growing pains, but I, I think I I can you know confidently say I'm a, I'm a good teammate, I'm supportive. Um, I know my team is supportive to me. Um, I'm going to shout out Ian Carrico in particular, um, another name that maybe you guys haven't heard of before. He he like top 16 the first U.S. Nats. Uh, he's been moving and and doing personal life stuff but um super talented and just the the person you want in your camp like he's the one kind of rooting you on he's the one kind of getting you back into um your head in the right place after a tough loss or something um he's he's kind of just like the marquee person you want you want to have as a teammate and i I try to emulate him a lot uh, and I think that my whole team is just really, really supportive. We definitely give each other shit uh, because that's fun uh, and because we have Mo-, Mo Bogsley on our team, and so, oh, like, yeah. <laughs> obviously, well, like he's just, like, a walking target. Uh, but, uh, uh, you know, I think um, we are very, very supportive. We're supportive of each other in terms of what deck we want to play, too. Um, I think there's um, a pretty good argument to be made in this game to kind of um, go with the hero that really appeals to you, even if it's not the de facto best. And, like, if you look at uh, Indy, we had, I played Lexi, Chris played Dash, um, Dagon White played um, <laughs> uh, Chonky, Chonky segment, uh, yeah. uh, uh, Briar, uh, we had Levi who played Azalea, of course, James uh, played um, uh, Icelander, um, and then Ma- uh, Matt played Kano, and um, I- Ian played uh, played Phi and nick played nick bova played um bravo and we had a um, a a, a um, oh, man um, a katsu as well so we had um wow i can't remember who it was between sam dando and dan uh, grossclose who, who played that but anyway we had like um uh, about almost 8 or 9 different players playing 8 or 9 different heroes that's
2: quite a um, red
1: Yeah, not a single overlap, not a single overlap between any of our players, which wasn't planned at all, but it just kind of speaks to, I think a lot of these competitive teams, they end up on the same hero, and I get it, Um, but one nice thing about having a team that's uh, so robust in in its player base here, we have 16 players, 14 who are really active right now, um, is that everyone does specialize, and we always have good people to test for each of the different archetypes, and we just kind of support each other, and we don't basically kind of say you have to play the best deck or whatnot. We just try to, like, help each other figure out their best game plan into the various matchups, and that's been working out pretty well for us.
0: Yeah, that's um, that makes a lot of sense. It's also super cool and convenient that um, uh, you had the convenience of uh, just everybody convenient. I said convenient like three times there. Everybody being on some it's different, very convenient. Uh, yeah, uh, being on something different that just allowed you to also get a good, diverse perspective of what the meta looks like. Because I think yeah. when we had uh, when we had uh Hamilton on, um, this is last year. Uh, th- that is one thing we touched on is this idea of like what is one of the elements that that you need to. Like what sets apart someone who's going to go really deep in in a tournament, do well, have it you know a shot at top aiding and in and, and possibly winning? Like we're talking like the big events like Pro Tour Worlds, things like that. And uh, one of the things is just uh, Hamilton stressed on this idea of just you you, you, you may maybe you're not going to recognize every single deck that could show up that could show up, but if you have this general understanding to start with of what the different factors are and how they can impact your game plan and like how to interact with their game plan, which like in the, the, the scenario you just described, you do get that from just everybody having such a different approach. And then you all work together to just a understand your, your internal game plan, but also just understand how all the different game plans align. And then that just sets you up to be ready for so many different matchups because Sean even talked about like the idea of like how you know you at the start of a match you you present a hero you don't know what flavor of hero that is like you have to hedge you have to like you you have to have yeah a a knowledge of what all the different things can be going on with that hero and so that's that that is a a really cool part and just I think brings back to the the idea like how much of a team aspect this game really does emphasize for those who who really want to Step up and 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 take that 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 next level to uh to just competing at, at major events, um, because I, I think the, this notion of of just being able to absorb all the information, figure it all out on your own is just eh, unless you're, yeah,
2: Michael Hamilton.
0: Uh, it, it just it's well
2: one of the things uh one of the things and sorry to interject one no, of the things Easton you, you that you mentioned um that I, I I think kind of rings true in this sense too it's if you look at any card game objectively and, and flesh of blood, there's no exception is you're essentially playing the same math game. What will differentiate your experience is the flavor, but goddamn, you have to understand what the flavors are. If you want to be able to like play this freaking game, if you, if you walk in, like you've probably experienced this as a, as a Lexi player, I sure as shit have experienced this as a, pr- a prison player, you show your your opponent and your opponent grabs the card and reads it. Yeah. <laughs> right and you go oh i've got this in the bag because i'm playing on such a different flavor profile than anything you're presenting and it's the same thing with lexi like i've i lost to the ice shock charmers build mm. like the multiple blue shock charmers build yeah i didn't even know it existed it was like yeah. a weird thing it was like the first time i played against it and it absolutely wiped the floor with my face like the guy chilling ice feigned me for like my entire hand plus then some and so I, I think that's an interesting and having a crew that will specialize in different things and will be aware, you kind of, you're able to kind of all reconvene and go, hey, this is what I'm bringing in. Everybody, what do I need to be worried about? And then you have the Guardian player. It's like, hey, you need to be worried about that. And the, the Ranger player, hey, worry about this. And then you guys can all kind of tweak in this like kind of weird, you know, forum that you you all, you all have within your team, which I think is is brilliant. Yeah,
1: you know, know thy enemy, for sure. Uh, You want to be able to understand. I felt like, um, I I remember the first um, winter, so this would have been... um, winter of 2021 um when i was i was just starting with the game right tales had been out for a couple months or so and everyone was kind of taking a break i was like i have some catching up to do because i need to understand what all of these different classes do you know and so that was kind of like my learning the cards winter and and uh, th- this winter i got to actually kind of take a, a break from the game but the point is like um you know just like get a stock deck list and play a few games. Uh, on Talishar with with uh, a hero you don't know it's going to be way more valuable than jamming the hundredth game of Lexi I'm telling this to myself because I have a hard time playing anything other than Lexi once you start playing Lexi it's just so fun um but uh you know it's it's really good I think one other thing with that is that people who have a passion for one of these more fringe decks or tier two decks whatever you want to call them um but also have a passion for being competitive I think that one thing I am interested in doing, uh, and I think our team is good at doing, is encouraging that rather than, than like discouraging it. Because oftentimes they're kind of sheepishly like, hey, can I get a game against like the meta heroes? I know you don't want to test against me, because like, who cares about whatever, insert uh, fringe deck here. Um, but like you will face them so get some games in there in there um and then just try to test against everything sure as you get closer to a major event maybe prioritize your testing against the decks you really know you're going to see a lot of but there's a lot of value to uh <laughs> <laughs> you wouldn't uh, say
2: it but I just I had to
1: <laughs> i uh yeah i have a i have a a friend who is one of the most passionate leviathan um, players in the world so i, I wouldn't dare speak, speak negatively about about uh, that very powerful brute hero that often
2: times kills herself um, yes well well put <laughs> live by levier i mean yeah yeah exactly but i i i like the the idea of like passion and being like passion driven but you're right um oftentimes being like i have to play something that's not what i like to play just because i want to get a better understanding of the game and and like to anybody who's listening to this and say hey what is flesh and blood or you know it'd be a weird starting point but like let's say you know you're you're trying to see how do i get better my first advice to anybody getting into the game is play dorinthia to understand how reactions work yeah yeah play bravo or guardian uh, or or ninja to understand how defense reactions work because for a long time katsu was you know really defense heavy reaction heavy if you want to understand how to just say i don't care how the game works and try something different play kano and then all of these different like that's what i started when i started playing i I played a little bit of everything and then i kind of got how everybody plays on different levels and then i also understood the basics of the game through all these different heroes like azalea in my books like ranger and azalea and all that like it's a toolbox class if you want to understand how to manipulate cards try that that's a really great way for you to manipulate cards and understand how you know different field interactions and how to put stuff in different places Uh, card manipulation is great for Ranger. so i i i see the i see what you're saying when you you're talking about you know expand your horizons don't just play make, make your new horizons don't just play the I uh, see what I did there.
1: Nice, uh, nice, uh, nice, nice headpiece drop there that was oh, there yeah. you go um, yeah, yeah. uh
2: but yeah don't just play don't just play what you're comfortable with because odds are eventually you'll play in something you're not comfortable with and if you don't know what to expect you will get blown out
1: yeah have, have fun exploring the game too um um yeah. you know don't take yourself so into a hole that you can't really appreciate all of like the awesome design space that the other classes allow
0: Absolutely. Yeah.
1: Or, or, or or do whatever you want. It's your it's your time. You have, do whatever you want. But if you want to be really competitive, uh, you can still you can still play your kind of favorite class, but also kind of you know take some time to learn. You know, it takes it takes hard work to be really good at this game.
0: Yeah, and I think you you highlighted a good point there that I, uh, it, the 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 differentiation between like wanting to play competitively and wanting to, kitchen table play is 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 something to to identify. Like, what are you looking to? If you want to just kitchen a table have fun, absolutely. Like jam whatever card you want in your deck and just have fun with it. YOLO. But like yeah, if if to, to your point, uh Easton, like in that world of like identifying, K okay, I want to I want to level up. That that is definitely one of the places to look at is just understanding the meta, understanding all the different pieces. Now, uh to get us a little more on track again. Uh, we did. We did touch on your your uh, your, your prowess with Lexi, and uh, that is, I think, really relevant for this next part we're going to talk about. Um, I first heard the name Easton Douglas uh, while we were in Lil Like I said, when you uh, when you went seven zero on day one of the pro tour, um, managing to both best the the draft pod that day and sweep your uh, constructed rounds uh, with a. Uh, very punishing Lexi deck that uh, not a lot of people had seen or expected. Um, In fact, I even had the pleasure of playing into said Lexi deck. I don't know if it was card for card the same or if it was just like the the shell. It was, yeah. Regardless, uh, playing into your teammate Chris Brummett uh, on day one of Pro Tour Lille. And I can say like that deck, like it was, I, I have some talking points where like it was both remarkable and sucked to play into in a good way like it did exactly what it needed to do and um uh like for for my perspective like playing into it the only reason i was i I was able to 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 just barely sneak out the win against chris and the reason being was uh though i didn't know to prepare for that specific deck uh, i was on viz that tournament and i just had this general notion of like ice is still around and i need Mm -hmm. to respect it to some extent and like we uh when nathan fort and i were kind of tinkering with things for that uh that and everybody who helped me um prepare for that uh that event uh i like i just recognized that like there was a little bit of wiggle room to play like just slightly more blues and there was um Card include decision like running spellblade strike instead of spellblade assault. That was really what allowed me to play through those punishing turns that Lexi deck uh, presented. Because it, it, if I hadn't come with like any respect for ice, I there's no way in hell I would have would have won with Chris. So with all that being said, um, I want to like we want to hear more about uh, that. That ex- like we'll start off with that experience. Uh, like what what sets you up to having uh, just that dominant run you had day one of, of 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 Lil and just overall tell us about lay it on. Yeah, so what do yeah, you got about that? Sure, yeah,
1: sure. Uh, I'll jump in here. Uh, so uh, the man, it's it's hard to know because that was like three weeks of just. I mean, that whole experience was awesome. You know, we were able to. Uh, me and Chris actually went to um Brussels. Uh, about a week before, uh, France and we, we got a, an Airbnb and we did a lot of just hanging out there. We saw, um, some, uh, great concerts and, and, uh, did some great sightseeing and stuff, but we spent a lot of our time. We found like a, um, a a game board, um, a, a gaming cafe, uh, and we played a lot of games there. Um, we were pretty much locked in on Lexi as, as of like prior to heading out on that trip. At least I was, he was still kind of waffling. um, and uh, yeah, I, I really liked I really liked how Lexi um, was poised to attack the meta, in particular what I expected the winners' meta game to be. I did expect it to be a pretty aggro dominant meta, and we did see Briar winning with three Briars in top eight. Um, there was a little bit more presence of Prism and Oldham than we were maybe hope, hoping for or expected. Um, and uh, and that's what ultimately kind of led to my demise in in, in day two uh, was not even the draft um, because we we started out with a two one in draft uh, so we were we were at one point nine one at the PT and uh, and only needed a two and two record um, and, and at that point it's crazy I'm kind of jumping around a little bit but awesome. I mean just kind of looking looking in at uh, day two it's there were a lot of oldems at like an X and two record. And so 70, I was just like, man, if I can two-one this this draft pod, I'm just going to be in the slew of aggro decks, and I'm just like so poised to top eight. And and I I did, I actually two-one my my draft pod, and I was in that kind of pool of aggro decks. But there's still like a couple couple uh, oldems and prisms as outliers, and, and I, I found them. Um, and ultimately, I went prism prism, oldem um, oldem, and I lost all four. Going going from 9-1 to 0-4 was a was a tough one. Um, but uh, I, I can point—I w- I can point to the exact moment in time in day two that kind of things went off the rails and, and I, I kind of lost it, which was my first round of constructed. And I was playing against a very high really prism with like air edition and copy air edition and pummeling air edition and stuff. And um, I had just an incredible start, and I had a crazy like rain razors three of a kind turn. And I was, or no, it wasn't three of a kind because um, I, I ended that turn with a a lightning press in hand and an endless arrow on the combat chain attacking, uh, and he um, full blocked you with like equipment or something. And I had the choice at that point. I was ahead by a lot of life. I had the choice of basically lightning press my endless arrow, get it back, arsenal that card, or and get three damage in, or uh, let my endless arrow get get blocked out, arsenal this card. And I basically lost three points of damage, and I lost my endless arrow. But but what I gain is very important. it's it's an it's a, a lightning press, which can be combined with an arrow to pop something, right? Um, and I was I think I kind of just like was so far ahead. and I was so kind of math focused like, well, if I do this, I can get three damage now and still get the endless arrow. And I literally had the thought. I was like, something absolutely terrible needs to happen for me to lose this game if I make this play. But something terrible had to happen regardless. And the only thing that was actually terrible that could happen was something where they go like edition, copy a bunch of eruditions, oh. and like pummel a bunch of eruditions. And you know what stops that is a lightning press. And so I, I needed to go full circle and say, like, sure, this is maybe better math, but like, how do I lose this game? Just like, asking yourselves that question when you're ahead. I didn't ask myself that question. How do I lose this game? I didn't sincerely ask myself that question because if I did, I would have come to the conclusion that. Screw this. Endless arrow. Arsenal is lightly pressed. My opponent proceeds to have one of the most bonkers, like, three or four air with, like, a pummel, and, like, it, it was just absolutely crazy. Like, I remember he had, like, two pitch floating after and no cards in hand, and he got the first on Hicks. It was Dominate. And he drew two cards, and he was, like, copy air pummel with the other card. It was, like, the most high rolly terrible thing, but... That's not what matters. What matters is I could have won that game if I made the right play. <laughs> and so I, th- I, I think it's good to like, take those learning experiences. Uh, I'll backtrack a little bit to answer like the good part of my weekend, uh, which was that uh, I three would my draft pod day one. I played Tyler Horsepool for the three-o in that I had one, a crazy game where I had one of each color Oasis and I didn't draw them until like, towards the end of my deck. And so I kind of rattled them off back to back and he basically, that was enough to snuff his final points of damage he was gonna push through. Uh, so I got that 3-0, elated because I'm not very good at limited. Um uh, and then and then my matchups were just really good. I played against a Briar, a Abysserae, a Thai, um, and then my last one was actually against Josh Lau and Bolton. Um and um shout out to to um to Casey Dugan for giving me the insights on that one to to know how to how to dispatch that one with my card pool the night before. We were like making cyber plans i was like what if i play against a bolton Ah, oh, it doesn't matter in case he was like no 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 no, this is how you beat him and then i did that and then i it, it happened so uh anyway that was my weekend um you know so happy uh with all of it after i went oh four i went out and got really drunk with the homies uh but
0: but 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 the whole experience was just amazing and you um i mean that would be an, an incredible experience you um you make a, a comment about uh, looking back on that match and, and having that 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 realization of okay, if I had done this differently, I I could have won that match. And on the one end, there's I know a lot we've been talking just in general. The 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 community has been talking, starting to raise this the, this idea of like not having a results orientated approach and not not necessarily like going and and i don't know what your mind frame was going into lil but not necessarily beating yourself up and being able to shed and let go of those defeats because the reality is is only one person can win in a game and like there are going to be those heartbreaking laws and you kind of hinted to it like that going oh four at the end of day two was it was tough you you went and got drunk you you did a you did what you had to do to deal with it but like you you're able to to after such an amazing day, one start and day two not going your way, you're able to bounce back from it and uh, find that competitive drive still, and that uh, that's re- a really cool testament to your to your resilience in part. Um, but also, um, one of the things I wanted to highlight there is the, this idea that, like, I think there's a difference between having this, like, result-orientated mindset and only caring about winning and then, like, just getting really down on yourself if you lose or something and just trying to, like, grasp onto this idea, like, what could I have done differently to win? Because, unfortunately, sometimes we will lose games. But the flip side of one thing that I attribute to my ability to, to, to find insight and level up in this game is just being, not necessarily critical, but giving myself permission to just also look back on every game without judgment, you know, the ones that went well, the ones that didn't go well, and just be like, okay, where did I have agency in that game? And just taking the time to understand this concept of like where where, were the decision points that I I could have done something differently. And like in your case, you talk about, like there's a very key moment where I could have set up, uh, you know, have a lightning press ready to go for, as a toolbox for so many different things. And uh, being able to, I, I'm sure, look back on... um on that match just critically without i I hope without any kind of like judgment towards yourself or anything oh
1: yeah i mean it's hard in the moment you know after going you know you're so close to to something so big in your in your career and then it kind of all falls apart um so it's it's harder in the moment and no one's going to be perfect in the moment and be able to kind of be like well i'm just happy that my opponent won (laughs) you know uh even though like that's a pretty good argument just like you know. You're always happy when you win, why can't you be happy when they win? it's they're going through the same thing. Um, but but you definitely you don't want to um, put yourself into sort of like a psychological prison um, where you're sort of like playing out this counterfactual over and over again of like what if, what if, what if? What if? like what if I yeah. just what if I just arsenal that lightning press? Then I go, then I just need to go one, three from there. And suddenly I don't go prism, old and, old, and in my pairings because it's still just like aggro at the top at that point. I get an easy matchup, I'm locked, I'm first seed. Like it's very easy to sort of like replay these things and then just like, um, you know, get kind of trapped in it and can't really kind of move on from that. And you have to, because ultimately you're going to be borrowing from your your future achievements if you are caught up on the lack of achievement that you that you could have gotten, right? Because you didn't, you gotta move on
0: yeah absolutely and on, on the topic of moving on you uh we're gonna get there in a moment because you you do so remarkably in one of your uh your upcoming event. like if we're looking at this from the perspective of like we, we just finished france and we don't know what's coming next the road for you is really cool uh but before we get there uh there is something i want to touch on with the and even as you were telling your story about like playing the the, the, the prism um and talking about the, the lightning press that i think that even that interaction there's something that came to my mind that that covers the next point i wanted to, to talk about and there's one of the cool things i noticed when i was playing chris brummet on that lexi list you guys worked on and um i i like i i don't know how you guys perceived this per se but i think this is just such a genius part about why that deck was so good and i credit you guys to really coming up with something cool there was you there was this concept in that deck of this uh, the way everything synergized with this idea of threat of activation and in the, Ooh, in the yeah. context where you talk about like the the lightning press i think even furthermore if you play down the line of of you are some at lightning press at some point you're likely going to reveal it before well there, there then there's this the the if we want to talk about what's really cool about flesh and blood and the idea of all these different decision points there is a world where maybe you then you're denying yourself an extra arsenal arsenal slot, but do you want to keep that lightning press hidden so your opponent doesn't know you have it? But in in the the realm I'm going down, the cool thing about threat of activation in that light is like not only once you reveal the lightning press, do you gain a go again off of it for whatever you need to do on your turn, but now your opponent has to go, oh shit, he's got that lightning press just sitting there, and he's gonna have to they're gonna have to start playing around it, like not only playing around it from the sense of like. Uh, an on-hit or something like that. But in the case of Prism, uh, in, in the relev- relevant minutia of that matchup, uh, even, the, the like you said, the potential to pop something. And if they know that you have just this popper on a stick, now they have to take that into account and, and, and play accordingly. And uh, the other point that I thought was really cool about the threat of actuation was when I, I noticed with uh, Red Arctic Incarceration, that was the one that stood out to me. Where the the lines I, I observed Chris oh, Brummel taking uh, in that deck, yeah, absolutely. I like I remember pre that like looking at Arctic and being like I don't I don't see like red blue Arctic made sense in Icelander. like is it it fits in, but red Arctic I was like when do you play this? But the cool thing about that one was you and, and I think in a lot of a lot of scenarios you actually weren't playing it, but it was this idea that I can Arsenal the Arctic incarceration, reveal it, give my opponent a frostbite putting them already in a position where they now have to start thinking about how am I going to play through this on my next turn? Am I going to play through this on my next turn? But now your opponent knows you have the Arctic Incarceration. So there's also this variable of K. Okay, if I hold my hand to block, it may be when they, on their last go again for their turn, they actually don't attack me one more time. They play the Arctic Incarceration instead and just screw me over anyway. Like it was just, it, it created such this cool... It, it wasn't fun for the opponent by any means, but that's that's not the point. Like it was the point being, it was a very, just such a powerful like lose lose interaction that I stood out to me as just a really big moment for like oh wow this is a this deck means something.
1: Yeah, that that the whole theory behind that list was like a put your opponent into situations where they were damned if they do, damned if they don't, and a lot of that was where we put the um where we put the slots of interaction and what cards we chose because. I realized pretty early on that sure, if you wanted to just be the aggro decks, you just put like this totally all-in ice Lexi deck up there, and you'll just you'll beat them every time, basically, and and no big deal, right? Um, but that that deck was just so weak against a lot of the rest of the field, um, against like yeah. Prism, uh, you don't have a prayer against either Guardian, uh, and so uh, I was very interested in like. What do I actually need to be favored? Like I wanna be maybe 70, 75% into these aggro decks. I don't need to be 90, 95, but I I wanna be like seventy, you know? So what do I need for that? And and what we kind of found was that like because Lexi has this ability where when you flip it up you disrupt them, and then when you play it, you disrupt them. Um you have two forms of interaction of interaction with just one card. And the reason we chose Lexi for that tournament is because everyone was, like, building their aggro decks to be like, this I'm going to make the most busted, perfect pitch five-card hand. And so a single Frostbite really disrupted that. Yeah. And, and and if you add just a little bit more to that, it's even more. So what we did is we had Rainbow Winter's Bites. We had nine copies of Winter's Bites. We didn't have any of, like, the, the Ice Fuse Arrows, because those, you have to play it out. And half, half the time, you're not even fusing. Like, you can't hold on to that stuff. But you have nine Winter's Bites... And then you had um, three arctic incarcerations and you had a handful of like ice quakes and all of those cards say flip it up interact and then maybe this turn interact even more but maybe save this for next turn and so we found the number of ice cards that let us be able to basically once we start interacting we never stop and so they never get a perfect turn and, and oftentimes it's terrible play experience I mean, like, really bad. Like, it, being being in this icy prison and, and, like, having to, like, try to just find an opening and mostly just blocking, it's really, really not very good gameplay. But it was very effective for that tournament. Um, and I, I think that there was a lot of innovation with that list. Um, and I, I'm I'm pretty proud of that.
2: Very cool. I, I think one thing that's really funny to me is um, that's kind of what Charles Dunn said about his Oldham list. He's like, it's the mm-hmm. game, man. Like, you know, I don't, I don't care. This is this is part of it. So sorry if it sucks for you, but this is this is what I'm gonna do.
1: At the Pertor level, you better expect that. Well, um, absolutely. Yeah. It- Maybe I shouldn't have uh, tortured maybe all of my local armory players as much as I did with that Lexi deck. Oh. But,
2: uh... <laughs> Dude. Uh, hey, I was just showing for up the PT. with like Nine Art incar- Incarceration and Winter's Bite at locals. Come on, man. Listen, you know, shame.
1: I, I was testing for the PT. I respect my, my local players to give me okay. good games to test for the PT. <laughs> you
2: know, uh,
0: to that point, I'll be honest. My, That's fair. I, you know, I'm, I'm very much a proponent of playing decks at locals that are fun for all parties inclusive, at the end of the day, at the deck I'm having the most fun playing right now is Bullander and
2: Yeah. Like, it's
0: brutal. It, there it's- there is Dude playing against Bullander is like peak fab.
2: I think so, so too. Yeah. It's it's so it's because so good. there's
0: so many decision points. Like it's you're right. Yeah. Like you don't necessarily get to like people who just want, I just want to play my cards and do I win. Yeah, you don't get that experience with Icelander. But that's why I like playing Bulllander is because I feel like I'm playing a chess match. Every decision matters. Like, and it's even yeah. though every decision matters across every matchup, the decisions are different for each matchup. And that's part of what's interesting yeah. about it too. Like, like if we look like probably the most, the, the most potent card in that deck at this point is, is CLF. And um, in, in my opinion, like it, but the, the reality yeah. is, is like, I don't necessarily want to slam a CLF in every matchup because oh, but it, it, and it's it, so it, fun it to play helps. against too. It <laughs> is like
1: if you if you if you appreciate the puzzle of trying to like how do I get out from under this channel lake because ultimately they have to invest basically two cards, two resources, and a whole card to be able to get that started. That's a yeah. big investment. They might have taken big damage for that. They might have you know done. uh done that instead of attacking and so they're sacrificing something so how do you take their sacrifice and capitalize on that and get out from that channel lake into a position where you are sort of like being able to um, punish them for that own own channel lake that's like a a very valuable line of play that a lot of decks can kind of try to do against icelander that they they struggle um with because because the mentally it's very like frustrating you know but if you can get over that frustrating it's actually an incredible puzzle to solve every time
0: i agree but i i also appreciate that it's it's not for everyone like some people i know yeah yeah, and and that that's totally fair too like uh, there's no wrong way to play a
2: card game at the end of the day and i do want to say shout out out to my
0: locals they've been very good sports about it
2: (laughs) you gosh darn ice players taking the fun out of the game (laughs) yeah yeah yeah, i
0: know i'm the
1: bad guy guys it's me no no it's it's
0: it's (laughs) ice is necessary though it keeps the game accountable like just like wizard is necessary like even if like they're not always fun to play into like the reality is is the if you like if if you remove decks that keep decks in check the game changes drastically and i think it probably opens up more toxic play patterns yeah exactly exactly
1: I, I, I like I think I think everything's fun to play into. Um yeah. except for maybe like an aggro mirror. Not not super yeah. fun to me, but everything else, like everything else, it's really fun and fab. I is, think
2: yeah, I think the game is so flavorful and so interesting that it just it, it leads it lends itself to very interesting games. Like I've never played a game of flesh and blood outside of just getting like brutally rolled by a Briar once. I've never played a flesh of a game of flesh and blood where I was like, well this was bullshit.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and that's yeah. even even the 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 polarizing matchups are so not polarizing compared to other games and like their their auto loss, well, Um There was yeah,
2: there goes. was this idea. Yeah, I mean, there was this idea at some point. Like, I sat down and I was playing Kano against this guy playing Prism, and I'm just like, I sat down and the guy's like reveal the hero. I'm like, well, this is gonna go your way. Like, the, and I knew they, there was no like, oh, I should have gotten that. It's like, no, this is like a ninety ten. Like, what the hell am I supposed to do? It, just, it makes a ten
1: percent that you win so sweet. Oh, I know. You and know? Actually, and it way, if it wasn't a 90-10, you wouldn't
0: feel so good for the ten. Oh, you know, you yeah, 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 live yeah. for that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. Speaking All right, so moving on to our uh, our uh, like I, I, our last big talking point of, uh, of the show. I I, I kind of hinted at this in a few different ways. Um, you're uh, on the topic of of getting those big wins and all that different stuff. You. Uh, your road takes you to a. Though unfortunately, you don't manage to get all the way. We this is where we see the the the, the birth of Bullander, and that's what ends up taking down US Nats at the end of the day. You have a a uh, US Nats uh, this past year. You have a remarkable run. Uh, it was Oldham, I believe, you were playing, right? Um, yes, yes, yeah. Oldham, which is my my, my main. Okay, yeah. at this point, and yeah. you uh, you has been yeah. You took you took him pretty much all the way to the end in the biggest the hardest nationals uh, by far in the world um like we're and we're talking like exponentially so like i i, I think most people are ever like the average nationals we're looking at somewhere between at most 100 and some but most of them i think are below 100 and u.s nats is like five six hundred something like that maybe four five hundred i don't know it's it's a large number so so top eighting that that event was 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 no small feat um what was that experience like for you
1: uh yeah it was, it was incredible it was um kind of surreal also i had so many kind of close calls with large magic events but i just kind of never broke through and so that was that was a big deal just kind of getting that top eight um uh shout out to jan uh, uh dan rakowski who mm-hmm. was my winning and in uh and we were actually featured and that was that game was really really good although you can tell the sort of like I can tell that like the the pressure of of kind of the weight of that match and knowing it was a win and in it, it really kind of like it got me and I was just playing so cerebrally very slow paced more slow than I normally do and we actually like um, that that match goes all the way basically to time and and he ends up taking the final hammer swing that gives me the win there uh, the reason he does is because we kind of talk through it and we figure out that um, I I am going to sort of deterministically win that game with enough time. Mm. Um, but, but there actually wasn't, like, time on the clock, and so on my final turn, I swing for four, and, and he basically, he said, he uh, asked the judges, he was like, hey, I can't get penalized for, like, choosing not to block when I, I have the cards to do so, and <laughs> they said no, and he said no blocks, and so um, that was kind of on a razor's edge, too, where I, I felt like I kind of earned my slot based off my, my play over the game, and uh, um, but but also kind of like it was there was so much pressure on me that like I, I was playing a little bit slower than I, I normally do. And, uh, I, you know, barely got over the edge. But it was kind of good guy. Good guy, Dan, for kind of yeah,
0: for taking, a, to, to take that final swing.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Move. You, really, really cool yeah. thing. Yeah. Yeah. um So I, I, I think very highly of, of that guy and also Michael Hamilton. I, I put both of those two people in kind of a similar category where, man, oh, yeah. they're just always dialed in. Like, there's no, there's no kind of, like, ego or emotions or things taking over. Like, they're just playing good fab, and I respect those players a lot. Um, I do, I do, because, because he took that final hammer swing, I kind of have this desire to kind of, like, just slam dunk my next top eight, like you know, first seed, like, not even close, like, I ended up being, like, um, in the, you know, fourth place, because I won that round, I could have still won the next one, but still, it's just, like, I think I still have that desire to, like, I'm always going to have that kind of feeling to, to prove myself, you know, um, but uh, I guess one other cool story with that event that I haven't told is that um, a couple days before one of my last test, set, test sessions on, on Talishar, I got randomly paired into Brody Spurlock, and we didn't know who we didn't know who each other were at that point and we played this really tight game of olden versus briar and um and and it was awesome and and at the end of it we we're kind of chatting throughout it and at the end of it he was just like hey you're really good who are you I was like hey you're really good who are you and we kind of shared each other's names whatever that was that was it and then like a week later where we like he sends me a message on on discord he's like Hey, dude, congrats on top meeting. I did it as well. It's like, oh, what? That's you? And then, like, so that was kind of my first time um, meeting Brody, and that was his breakout tournament as well. Um, wow. And so that was kind of really cool. We almost met in the, in the semifinals if we had both won, but by almost, oh. I mean we both got crushed in the quarters. So. Yeah. <laughs>
2: I mean, it's still a great run, and and you you brought up Brody. I so this is going to be a really you might really appreciate this. So in uh, New Jersey, day one, um, I, I win I lose my round my my round one. I win my round round two, and then in round three, I'm I'm paired against Brody. I have no idea who Brody is. Yeah, never met him, no clue. I'm sitting and and, and like, I had to check my ego because I'm like i fucking got this. I said, and I don't know who he is, and I'm like oh, okay, he's this younger guy. He's in the pro tour, very cool and we played this brutally close game um uh, he ended up winning and it just and he impressed the crap out of me i rarely had played against players to that like at his age were this proficient at at any Mm. card game ever like he really he like and still today i think if people are like who's the next big player i'm like i was nowhere near close like i'm still today i'm nowhere near as good as card games as brody is at his point you know, like yeah, he, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I like, I'm, I'm a good player, but I'm there's like, you've got it and he's got it. There's like that natural aptitude to just understand lines and like you don't even have to really think about it too, too much. Um and, yeah, I underestimated Brody Sporlock and got my fucking ass kicked. Sorry for the language. <laughs> uh,
1: so. uh, he he is a um uh um really talented card gamer and just like one of the most level-headed like. And why couldn't I be like that level headed and just like clear minded and respectful and just like, I don't know. He's like the ideal what you'd want to be at 17. He's 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 what nobody is at that age. Um, really, really, really beyond his years. Yeah, um,
2: he, he is. But uh, I, I also have it because like, you were playing magic. Say again?
1: <laughs> oh, because I, I was playing Magic. He started with the right game. Yeah, yeah. He started magic, with the right game. Magic ruined me. Magic yeah. ruined me. yeah, yeah you ruin
0: all of us. <laughs> okay, sorry. You cut, cut that out of it. Just, it's, uh, it's just no, me. So
2: it,
0: it, <laughs> it, the digs are fun. Um, yeah. Super cool though. I, it, I think I'm, I'm looking at the clock here, and I'm thinking, this, uh we should probably get to the point of, of wrapping this up. But I, I do want to yeah, highlight sure. that this is. Uh, this has been a really a really cool chat, uh, East and I. There's been so many points I think throughout this conversation where uh, I, I don't know if I speak. I don't want to speak on behalf of Sean, but like there's been so many. I'm like, ooh, I like I wanted to dive into that and dive into this. Like, there's so many yeah. places where I think we could have gone, cool places still. And uh, the reality is, is they just, it, we can only cram so much into an hour, an hour and a bit. This will be a little over an hour, but I think uh, that'll be fine. Um, but, but I think we'll it, we'll cap it at that with this idea that. We definitely, I think, have to get you back at some point. Um, and we can... I'd love, to, I'd love to be back, yeah. Yeah, we can we can get past the formality of getting to just get to know you and, and, and dive just into some cool minutiae and, and see where the conversation goes. But uh, oh, yeah. that'll be that'll be for the future times and something for uh, the listeners to look forward to. Uh, in the meantime, I want to say, Easton, thank you so much for, for joining us. Um, once again, I don't... I, want to put words in sean's mouth but i, I,
2: I yeah we uh i really he hated the conversation it, he it's, wants me gone
1: so bad right now yeah,
2: yeah. no no <laughs> but it was, honestly God, it, was, it was a good time other than you not liking my shoe joke uh i i think <laughs> that, 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 that was uh, off, that was
1: off the air yeah um, that was off the air it's fine everybody
2: it's you know what it's one of those things like it's kind of like a rogue deck that no one knows about yet so eventually the shoe jokes will come back on uh, but no, I, th- <laughs> I think that you're, you're, you're on a big grind and, and you're on the up and up. Um, I wrote on the board, refs, reps, 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 and it's not a criticism on you. I think that players like you get to that point because you, you do, you, you, you put the work in, um, and it, it's to be celebrated, right? Like, uh, when, when we were talking to Charles, you know, Charles finished second and Charles is someone I met in Lille. Um, those players are really hardworking and, and I think that, you know, raising our hats, um, to to guys like you who are putting in the time, who are putting in the work, who are part of the team, like you, me, Adam, like guys like like us that grind and really get out there are, believe it or not, the lifeblood of this game you know we're the guys that go out and and, and you know like I'm, i've i already pre-ordered my cases of outsiders like i'm i'm sp- I'm putting money where my mouth is i'm traveling I, I go to to as many events as i can um same thing for you you're going out you're traveling you're playing the game you're living with the game um and that needs to be talked about a lot more because you know cool yeah people win the events but a lot of players are out there dedicating a lot of time and resources into the the adventure that is card games and and comp- competing in in tcgs so um you're killing it, man. Thanks. Uh, it, yeah, man.
1: I really appreciate you guys having me on. I really kind of like this more long form, just kind of shooting the shit and just uh, I don't know, see see what see what we talk about and uh, yeah, I'd love to be on again if you guys ever wanted to to bring me back in the future.
0: Absolutely. We'll uh, we'll figure it out at some point. Uh, but yeah, in in the meantime, this is this is your opportunity now to just plug your stuff if you got anything you uh you want the listeners to know about, keep an eye on. Let's hear it.
1: Sure. Uh, I am I am flirting with the idea of going to this min-max games brawl event. Um, I'm, I really want to. We'll see if I can make it happen. So if I do, I'd love to see a lot of people there. Uh, come say hi if you've seen me on this or any other content, or if you want to talk Lexi or whatever. Um, uh, I don't know. I, I, hopefully I can get to a lot of like the battle-hardened uh, events this year. I'll try my best. Uh, I see you have a cat right there. I also have one that is uh, requires some kind of like extra extra needs, so it's a little bit harder for me to travel as frequently as I'd like mm-hmm. to. Um, but uh, but looking forward to this competitive year, um, looking to really crush it at the at the Pro Tour and Worlds. Um, uh, yeah, if you can, uh, kind of drop me a follow on Twitter, uh, Tealwater Fab is where I'm at. Uh, you should also follow MinMaxGames, uh, you should also order your, um, your Outsiders from them as well. Uh, and then also drop, uh, Ascent Gaming LLC a follow, uh, they're our flagship, uh, Twitter account, and, uh, that's gonna be, you're gonna get all of our, kind of, team updates from there as well. Uh, otherwise, just thanks for tuning in, and, uh, thank you again, guys, for, for having me on.
2: You yeah. know it's hilarious, dude? like uh you mentioned like i'm not really on social media and stuff like those are fucking, those are great plugs oh thank you, you. i appreciate the plug, that man. Hey,
1: hey thanks, hey thanks. i, I can Absolutely i can pretend really well it on the
2: plugs. i can pretend
0: really making well until you make it honestly at the end of the day you know how to beat that. Plugs. All right. I, I did put a lot of thought into this. I, I wrote down a list and everything. So thank you so much to uh, Easton Douglas once again for joining us. Uh, we are the Combat Chain. I'm Adam Philipchuk. He's Sean Hill. Uh, we've got some cool stuff coming up in the future here. Uh, next week, we're bringing on uh, Rob from Spark of Genius. Uh, he's also one of the founders of the Canadian uh discord we're gonna just have a cool chat about uh i think sean's gonna spearhead this one just some ideas about like what you know what it means to collect what it means to be in the canadian community it's gonna be oh sean's sean's he's
2: we're gonna talk we're gonna talk about grading oh cards Ooh. we're okay. gonna talk about collecting cool. and grading and stuff it's gonna be really fun i can't wait to show you guys cool that's
0: sounds pretty hot right there that's pretty that hot is- that is uh that is what we've got coming up in the near future uh but we've got uh more in the works in the background uh so stay tuned stay posted uh you can do so by following us uh on youtube the uh is it subscribe button you got to push on that one uh at the combat chain uh we're also on twitter uh, and the bell the, and the bell like the the bell notification yes uh ding ding <laughs> uh on twitter uh we are at the combat chain, uh, I am at Farm TCG, and Sean is at Sean Hill CG. Uh, and I will also quickly uh, once again acknowledge uh, there is a Patreon in existence. It is currently offline because we're trying to just titrate and figure out exactly what and how we're going to utilize that but i, I want to just drop plant the seed uh, it exists we're trying to figure it out uh we will um i, I guess maybe i could have highlighted that in upcoming uh, it's it's got its own bullet point on my list uh so yeah th- that's kind of we are the combat chain that's what we've got going on i think i did a decent job at at those plugs
2: yeah <laughs> You did good. I wasn't paying attention because I dropped my tunic as I was putting it back. (laughs) I was was wondering, I was wondering,
1: you know, sometimes, sometimes I, I, you know, sometimes you kind of just like put on the audio and ignore the video. I think people should like ignore the audio and just like look at your video throughout this. You you give some great kind of like reactions and some facial expressions. I was like, I, I honestly don't know what he was plugging either because you were just like like, Okay, so I'll show you guys. Yeah. We've got we've got a second or two. So okay, yeah. so,
2: so I have like so I have this this thing here. Like it's it's a glass shelf, right? Okay, it's a glass yeah. shelf, and all the cards are kind of there, and they're on these little stupid blue stands. Um and and unfortunately for me the blue stands are not very like stable so as i went to put back the tunic it toppled and then everything fell and it's like oh. gold <laughs> foils grated <laughs> gold foils and like Marvel gold foils and it's just they're all falling oh like, no <laughs> my <laughs> we, retirement <laughs>
0: we if uh, you get this idea east you plant the seed of uh i could do this montage yeah. reel of just sean's like facial reactions the faces of
2: sean or oh, something man.
1: they're really good they're really
2: good yeah honest to god it's not just that like as as you're talking and stuff like i'll find myself like thinking of like funny things and i don't 90 percent of them don't make it out because if they did it would just be me talking for four and a half hours right and there's just (laughs) no one has time for that um but so like as you're talking like you'll be talking to adam in my head i'll be like
1: yeah yeah no like I, I'm, I definitely I, i'm left wanting to know what's going on inside your mind as i'm just kind of glancing oh over like what's what's happening like i'm talking right now and i think he's responding to me but it's like he's off on like a, his own tangent in his mind about like <laughs> i don't even know
2: like, i i have like so i, I take these notes uh, as i go on and i'm not going to show them to you now but like i just i take these stupid notes as i go on and i'll be like oh i have this idea and then I, like i never get to like put it in yeah. um so yeah no it, it, there's a lot of things that go on in my head and sorry if, if anybody's watching us and you see like i make like these these eyes and this sometimes it's just because I'm, I'm a special little boy that's but awesome. um it's endearing I, genuinely I, I guess i mean adam you killed it on those plugs easton you fucking blew my mind on those plugs like i'm i'm, I'm someone who can't stop talking and I, I, and like that's kind of what i do um and i i like you, you just you just shredded it um it's cool that you're getting into this i hope that you uh can you know get out there and talk to a bunch of people and don't be afraid to engage. What I found with the game, and and especially with Adam, like I, I, this is my third, third episode with you, Adam, so far.
0: Yes, this is the third episode, yep.
2: Yeah, third episode with you, and like we 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 worked on the you know the the the, the team cup and stuff together, and um, honestly, man, I, I I didn't really think I'd be doing this, and, and I'm glad that I am because I'm getting to meet really cool people like yourself, and I get to just shout in a in a microphone and make stupid faces. So thank you for joining <laughs> us. Yeah. yeah, thanks for hosting.
0: I think I think on that note, I'm gonna for next week on the show notes. The, the, there's gonna be a little section just called closing thoughts, and right, was... right
1: right after the chonky session. Yeah, after exactly. yeah. the chunk, yeah, chunk,
0: and then yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> all right, so that brings us to the end of episode 46 of the Combat Chain. Now we do have one last order of business, one last house rule. Easton, you said you listened to our last episode. If you listened all the way. You would have heard at the end that we've got a, a very special way we like to wrap up the show. Uh, this is a, I don't know, a cheesy bit that is near and dear to my heart. I spend way too much time talking about this at the end of every episode, and I'm you, sorry listen. You listening. know
2: what's funny? Dude, you build it up so hard. Uh, Easton, do you know? Did you watch the episode all the way through? I watched it almost all the way through. Okay. <laughs> so you missed it.
1: Okay, good, good, good.
0: So what yeah, we do yeah. is we... Uh, at the end of episode, uh, every episode, uh, I will say until next week, and then we will all say in unison, we're closing the combat chain. And the beauty of this is it's it's just chaotic, and it's campy, and it's cheesy, and it's it's fun. It's fun. Sure. Like, it's, I can like, do
1: campy and cheesy. So yeah.
0: Will you join us to close the combat chain, Easton? I will. Awesome. Well, that brings us to the end of episode 46 of the Combat Chain po- Podcast. Uh, once again, thank you so much, Easton, for joining us. Uh, thank you, Sean, for joining on this journey with me too um thank you youth listeners for 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 being a part of this and sticking with us through through, through just all of this we're, we're we're finding our own i actually feel really good about the future of the combat chain and uh yeah we we'll, we'll look to the future but until then until next week we're, we're closing, closing the combat, the combat chain, chain. Hey. Hey,
1: hey,
0: yo, you. Bad. Not, bad, not
1: bad, also my cat joined me for the very end hey, what's your cat's Hi, name? Cat. He's, uh, it, it's stripes. I, I didn't rename him. Um, that's that's the name he had when I adopted him. Uh, I learned afterwards that cats don't care no. um, about oh, the names. No, no. But I'm pretty but, sure but every I'll cat thinks their name is. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but 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 I was like, I can't rename. Like he's used to it, you know. But uh, yeah, I was feel the need to apologize for the very basic cat name.
2: Oh, no, I love it. All right, and we it's are good. Hey, there And I've got my beast. My beast is coming in now. Hi, buddy
1: do we all do we all have the cats or do you have a dog no,
2: no i have a puppy i have okay, this guy nice. right here this nice. shitty, little little puppy, shitty little puppy
1: little puppy yeah, uh, little puppy yeah a
2: little technique he's very loud sorry
1: no it's okay my, my cat is also loud so i was very thankful that he didn't come until the very very end because he just yells at me day in and day out it's it's great it's great